0: Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS FM proudly presents Offsides, a weekly roundtable discussion about the world of professional sports, featuring the diverse perspectives of the Rowan Radio Sports Department. And now, here's your Wednesday host, Aaron Hook. Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. This is RowanRadio.com Channel 2, and this is your Wednesday edition of Offsides here a minute past 5 o'clock in Glassboro, sunny Glassboro here on this fall uh, October Wednesday. I am, once again, Aaron Hook, your Wednesday host. Every Wednesday, 5 to 6 here on Offsides, and I'm joined today by just one lone member of our Rowan Radio Sports Department, and that is uh, the fantastic Jack Miller. And Jack, I'm actually kind of excited uh, that it's just us two today because we do have a, a pretty good amount of stuff to talk about. It's yes, the time. Of, it's the time of year where you've got football, basketball, baseball, and hockey all going on at the yeah, same everything, time. So everything's happening. I remember over the summer, I was, you know, uh, whether I was hosting or you know Larry was hosting, I was a guest. It. It. There was always kind of like a sparsity of things to talk about because, you know, it's pretty much just baseball in July and then obviously the NFL uh, preseason gets going in in August, but we have officially down to the part of the year where with the NBA kicking off last night, we've got all four major sports going on at the same time, so we're going to have a bulk to talk about uh, over the next few weeks here for sure. So we're going to start with the NBA because, of course, last night was opening night and local team got things started with the first game of the year. That is the Philadelphia 76ers. Of course, they were in Boston taking on the defended Eastern Conference champion Celtics, and they fell 126-117 to 117 to open the year. Jack, uh, for the Sixers, I think the big team last night was seeing what you got out of James Harden, yes. uh, who had a fantastic showing. Looked like the James Harden of old. 35 points, 8 rebounds, 7 assists in 37 minutes of action, 9 of 14 from the floor, 5 of 9 from deep, and he made all 12 of his free throws. Now, again, you lose the game, you're disappointed, but I think the key to them having success this year is hard and looking like him, his old self, and at least last night, he did.
1: Yeah, last night, I mean, as you said with all those stats, I mean, he did great, uh, 35, but the problem was was uh, Embiid wasn't his normal self yes. uh, he didn't do as well I think as we all hoped but I think Embiid this is just how usually Embiid starts he starts off slow like he's not back into his rhythm yet um, and he, he he just he has a slow rebound back into the game of basketball so I think we're going to see this for a few more games but I think he'll be back to the star center that we know him as but but as you said Harden 35 points looking like I honestly he looks like from what I saw he looked like MVP Harden uh, in that game uh it just unfortunately Embiid had to took uh um looked bad because Harden stepped up but uh Tatum and Jalen Brown uh combined for 70 both with 35 last night but uh, the Celtics they to me they just seemed like they were out playing the Sixers I mean they win the rebound battle they won the turnover battle and those two battles you got to win as a basketball team and the Celtics won both of them and that's pretty much the main reason why why they won this ball
0: game yeah I mean you talked about the slow start for that beat I mean at least botch store wise it's pretty crazy that we're calling it a little bit of an off night because I mean he does nine of 18 from the four for 26 and 15 with five assists as well he does have the six turnovers and I agree you know he didn't look like his dominant self last night the Celtics without Robert Williams uh, found a way to really kind of neutralize him down low in the post uh, with Al Horford, and then, yeah, dies off the bench like uh, Grant Williams step in and, and guard him, and you, they've got Noah Valle now as well. Blake Griffin gets eight minutes in this game, by the way, for the Celtics. Yeah. Like, honestly, completely – it got over my head that he was a Boston Celtic, but Blake Griffin wants uh, yeah. eight minutes in this game. But, you know, when you went on the other side for the Celtics, um, we talked about Tatum and, and Brown with 35 apiece. There's been a lot of conversations coming into this year, Jack, if Tatum can really kind of take the next step and be this MVP caliber player, which he's approached being in the past but has really never gotten to that level. But I don't really know if that's the game plan for Boston because they have another guy, Jalen Brown, who has obviously ascended into a star player himself. 39 minutes, he shoots 14 of 24 from the floor. I mean, he was electric last night 35 points like we talked about um so it's i don't think tatum needs to play like you know an mvp and score 40 every night or something like that because they've got him and brown as as their top two weapons and that is a lethal combo
1: yeah it really is and i feel like with the celtics is that they don't need to produce some mvp caliber type of player because the Boston Celtics just like to play team basketball. One night it'll be Jalen Brown scoring 40, and then the next night it'll be Marcus Smart getting 25 with the right. with Tatum and uh, Brown stepping down a little bit. So each night someone in that starting lineup pops off a little bit, but it's just they. Each is kind of inconsistent of who's stepping up. It's not always Tatum getting thirty five or Brown getting thirty five. I mean last night both of them got thirty five. Uh, but um but it's always someone that steps up with that Boston Celtics team, which doesn't create an M V P caliber type of player since it's a different player usually each night yeah. stepping up.
0: And I feel like that's almost how they really you know, that was like the formula they used last year to get to the finals. Exactly. It's that when they were in the playoffs, take it you know, these other teams out of the East uh, who really kind of relied on a guy to you know step up and, and carry them or whatever? Boston had the guys to where you know they had three or four options that could go for twenty, and obviously yeah. Tatum and Brown being the the two at the top who could go for close to forty every night. Um, it's tough to stop it really is, and they're good defensively. They were one of the best defensive teams in the league last year. Um, I mean, you look up and down this roster. Jalen Brown, heck of a defender. Jason Tatum is a heck of a defender. Al Horford, obviously. Marcus Smart, obviously. Um, and then off the bench, you know, they go out in the offseason and they get Malcolm Brogdon, who yeah, is that's... a heck of a defender as well. Last night, like, 24 minutes yeah. off the bench for Brogdon Puts up 16 points with four assists, 7 of 11 from the four. Celtics shot the ball really well in this game, 56% from the field, 34% from the three. So it was a efficient night for the Celtics. Uh, you look at the rebounding numbers. They out-rebounded Philly 36-31. to 31. Now, just quickly back to the sitters, Uh The bench minutes are pretty interesting to look at here. Montrezl Harrell, 11 minutes. Um, Theibel does not long a minute in this game. D'Anthony oh. Melton gets the most minutes off the bench with 21. Um, Daniel House, 16 minutes. So, yeah, it's mainly just starters. starters a- every
1: starter had above 33 minutes.
0: It's pretty interesting to see Doc Rivers' run with just his five for the most part in this one because I don't know why they would do that he's been he's been criticized in the past Jack of you know these rotations and just kind of mixing guys weird now the Sixers I think the problem they have right now is that they don't have a true backup five now you can argue Harold but he's a little bit undersized he's about six eight um so I mean you don't have like that true enforcer in the middle to play with your bench unit so I figure you're gonna see a lot of of the starting five, especially PJ Tucker, who I guess is your closest thing to a true backup five or a guy who I guess could yeah. slide over and play the five. I mean, he was the he played for the five when the yes, when the for the Rockets. For the Rockets. Yeah, I mean, that's
1: I that. that's their backup five kind of, but I mean, he he starts as their power forward right. and uh, or small forward, and their their backup center is Montrezl Harrell. But I mean. We we we've called Blue Coach games, right, Aaron? And they have Paul Reed. Yes, <laughs> like, they do. And they didn't play him, which I'm honestly kind of mad about. And they also released
0: uh, Charles Bassey as they, well. last They week. did,
1: and I don't know. I mean, I don't know why they did that. Because every time. But uh, Charles Bassey was in a G League game. Oh, bad. He was SWAT central. Like, literally, he was blocking shots left and right. He'd get eight blocks sometimes in a game. And, I mean, he doesn't get that much playing time uh, in the NBA. It's just because of how much of a skill gap there is between the NBA and the G League. But, um, but still, I mean, Paul Reed, he, he was, like, coming off the bench in playoff games and was putting up um, predominant points and stuff like that. And um, for him to not play in this game, I don't know if that was the smartest decision by the Sixers. And not even just the Paul Reed thing, but having all your starters play 30-plus minutes. I mean, starters should play, like, 25 minutes, like, like at an average, 25 to 28 minutes on average. But all of them playing 30-plus, that's not good.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, Adele, I, I think the conversation has been over just the last couple of years here with the Bluecoats kind of being a, a feeder system. And they've had... Guys come up through the system who have contributed for the Citrus like you said in the past you know you look at the guy like Sheik Milton um, who doesn't uh, play in this one also um, yeah. Moss doesn't get off the bench either no Jaden Uh he was listed as as active and then Paul Reed obviously what we talked about did not play all coaches decisions Doc Rivers does not elect to go deep into his bench really use his bench all that much uh, last night. Boston, on the other hand, is not afraid to use their their bench pieces. Uh Von mm. Lay with 20 minutes. Grant Williams with 24 minutes. He shoots a perfect 5 of 5. 15 points for him off the bench. And we know that he loves that quarter three ball oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, put up three of them and made all three last night. And then, Bron, did we talked about 24 24- Minutes of action off the bench. here that, that Brogdon um,
1: acquisition, that's got to be one of the best acquisitions it? to have. I mean, he's starting for the Pacers. He was putting up predominant. He's numbers. a started talent player. Exactly. He and is. to have him be your sixth man, um, I, I wouldn't, yeah, I was going to say seventh, but no, Grant Williams is not a sixth man. But yeah, for, over Brogdon. I mean. right. But Brogdon is the sixth man kind of player and honestly it's a little surprising that Brogdon is on the bench over Kobe White I mean why not put Marcus Smart down to the shooting guard and have Mm. Brogdon control your offense with Tatum and Brown but um I mean that
0: this team I mean is very solid on the bench looking at it I mean it's it's such a good defensive team and uh, and they found a way to stifle and beat a little bit now Harden had his way uh he made that crazy shot also I don't know if you yeah, saw I it. Yeah, I did see it. Yeah, he was like, I was insane. <laughs> he was like, wasn't even like to the basket. He's a few feet behind the line. And he just kind of like flipped it up there, yeah, falling he- away. and He drilled it yeah. so hard it was. He was, on lo- he was on one last night for sure. But
1: Snapped uh, Tatum's and uh, yes. Smart's
0: ankles and missed both. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. Then he, oh, my God. He bricked he missed, it off the side of the backboard. He both ankle breakers. I
1: mean, <laughs> they, I mean, in my opinion, those don't, I mean, they don't count. He didn't make the shot. So. <laughs> it, do- it, do- it definitely doesn't count. You got to finish it off. You got to finish it. You got to finish,
0: so. finish it. James Harden mid-light last night, but the Citrus dropped the season opener. Uh, they are now win one, obviously. And we'll be taking a look at who they've got coming up. Doesn't get much easier. They've uh, they've got the Bucks uh, tomorrow on Yikes. TNT. That's a seven thirty <laughs> start here in South Philly at Wells Fargo Center. So uh, we'll see how the Sixers uh, are able to bounce back. Um, they, they have a pretty easy stretch after that. They've got the Spurs, Pacers, couple uh, games uh, with the Raptors, Bulls, Wizards. So let's 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 on the fourth. Yeah. So uh, that that should be a pretty. Pretty good stretch for them to try to get into the of things. And like you said, Embiid uh, usually needs some time to get started. And obviously, we know he, he can play like an MVP. Exactly. So, there was another day last night, uh, the doubleheader on opening night. This one was out west uh, in Northern California. The Golden State Warriors, the defending NBA champions, had a nice ring ceremony. Pre-dam, I watched that, watched pretty much the whole thing. It was really cool. Um,. And the Lakers uh, were in town visiting the Warriors. Final score of this one. Dubs take it 123-109 over LeBron and the Lakers. Now, uh, LeBron and Anthony Davis, respectively, had pretty solid games. Uh, Anthony Davis misses all three of his three-point attempts. He just looks like he's really forgotten how to shoot from the outside. He was once a guy who um, was a pretty reliable shooter from outside, especially for, obviously, a big man. But... I mean, you looked at some of the seasons he had shooting uh, the three ball here, which is his 18 19 season, his last year with the Pelicans, Jack was putting up three attempts from deep and damn, shooting 33%. The year before that, 34%. So for a big man, he was once a reliable shooter from outside. He could knock it down from out there, but. Looks like he's kind of lost his touch at this point. Yeah, I mean Davis is also trying to get in the groove of things.
1: I mean he comes back from injury, being mainly injured for the entire year. I mean he's kind of. I I mean I'd put put the tag on him, uh, calling him injury prone. Yeah, so I would I would say so. He gets injured a lot. Um, I was kind of happy. He
0: had a fall last night. Um, I can't remember when it was. It might have been maybe the third quarter. He went down pretty hard and he came up a little bit, just a little bit at first. He seems. I think he's perfectly fine, but maybe it was just in the moment he felt yeah. some pain there. And they uh, Reggie Miller said on the broadcast, he was like, uh-oh. He was yeah. like, Lakers fans holding their breath for yeah, sure. Yeah,
1: of course. I mean, why wouldn't you? If Every you see a limp from floor, Anthony Davis, you got to yeah. expect the worst just knowing him. But, right. uh, but Anthony Davis, um, honestly, he's... He's doing all right. I mean, 27 with 10 for 22. He had a pretty good debut. He looked pretty good out there. Forced a lot of shots, though. 10 for 22. I mean, yeah. 22. I mean, I mean LeBron had it was 12 for 25. LeBron? I mean, but LeB- you know LeBron. LeBron's going to do that. Like, LeBron's going to put up 25 shots a game. But yeah. Davis, first game back, pretty much. 10 for 22. I mean, that's just... You're forcing a lot. Uh, seven from seven for nine at the line, I mean, that's pretty good. But he had four steals.
0: I yeah, <laughs> he, he did look good last night. <laughs> uh, defensively as well, Davis looked pretty good. Did mm-hmm. a pretty good job defending the paint. Um, and then LeBron, he missed, like, his first four or five shots before he got into a rhythm. Um, and LeBron had a big game last night, at least bot score-wise. Uh, he, he looked very good as well. In, in the third quarter, he was really the only thing going for the Lakers. They had that run in like the middle of the fourth quarter to the end of the day yeah. and over like three or four minutes where they cut it to like 10 at one point, but yeah. then the Warriors kind of pulled away. They actually outscored the Warriors 38-32 in that fourth quarter, but Warriors outscored them pretty handily in every other quarter.
1: I just don't know how LeBron just keeps staying consistent every year. This kid—it's crazy. He's so old. Like he was drafted when I was born. Like, <laughs> like it's really weird. Like that this guy's just been in the league and putting up the same amount of numbers. Went Thirty-one points, fourteen rebounds, eight assists. He did better than Harden, like <laughs> stat-wise. And yeah. he's he's doing he's doing everything he can to make sure that the Lakers still look somewhat good. I mean, always they fell short to the Warriors last night, but. I mean Curry just. Uh, I mean he looked fantastic last night. Just looking at Curry's numbers: thirty-three points, nine for nine at the line. Four. He was four for thirteen at the three-point line. But he had he went he went ten for twenty-two, just like Davis. And uh, he had six rebounds as well, seven and seven assists with four steals as well to his name. But I mean both <sighs> these guys still looking strong uh, even with the age on
0: there on on them. I mean right. they're just staying consistent. At one point in that fourth quarter, just to. I just kind of um, give the benefit of the doubt to some of these field goal shooting numbers. There was like a point in the fourth quarter where there was just there. Were, it looked like it looked like the, like the All Star game out there. People, yeah. I mean, guys were just running up and down the floor. One pass into a shot, really no movement on offense <laughs> for either team. Like Curry would just come up the floor, jack up a three from like thirty five feet, then. LeBron would just, like, run to the rim. No one stops him. Yeah, speaking of of no movement, I think the Sixers
1: had not a lot of movement in that
0: game. Lakers as well. And that's what we're going to get into here with uh, Russell Westbrook, who last night he has a pretty solid day. He had some moments. He caught that lob uh, that was really cool to see. Threw it down with one hand, got all pumped up. But, man, that starting five is just so awkward offensively. It is. (laughs) AD and LeBron obviously... But then you've got Russell Westbrook, Pat Beverly, and Lonnie Walker all in your starting lineup. They were running sets, Jack. Where like, where like Westbrook would just be like hanging out in the corner, and then you have like Lottie Walker like posting up at the elbow, and like LeBron gives him like an entry. It, it's such a weird looking, yeah. cluttered offense. You've got three guards out there, um, and then obviously LeBron is 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 the primary ball handler, and he's ball dominant. Um, you don't have really any off-ball players in that starting five besides, I guess, AD, because he's a big man, and Lonnie Walker can play a little bit off-ball, but he didn't have a good game last night at all. Um, and so, it's just it's so weird, and, and their bench, really, it's not, is depleted outside of Kendrick Nunn. There's, I mean, Austin Reeves is is solid. He's a young player. Had a good year last year. Didn't do much uh, in this one. Had that and one in like, the first quarter. Didn't make a basket after that. Kendrick Nunn, Twenty-three minutes off the bench, though five of nine, three of six from deep, thirteen points. He's a nice piece. Kendrick Nunn to be a nice piece, but he's really their only guy off the bench.
1: I really like Kendrick Nunn on the bench. I but the thing is, is I don't think the Lakers had. I mean, this off season, like if they don't make the playoffs again, I won't be surprised because this lineup. No, me neither. This lineup's not good, and the problem is, is the. I'm gonna I'm gonna put this like on the air and if you, and if I'm completely wrong, uh, please expose me. Go ahead. But uh, I think Westbrook needs to control this offense because with LeBron controlling it, Westbrook's not getting involved. And what when Westbrook can control an offense, he becomes an MVP caliber kind of player. I and mean, we saw it with OKC. He was the star player, and when he ran the offense, he was absolutely dominant, putting up triple doubles every other night. And the thing is, is when Russell Westbrook doesn't have control on the basketball court, he doesn't do well. He puts up 19 points with 11 rebounds, but only three assists. If he if he has more control of the offense, he's getting he's passing the ball more and giving it to guys who know he can score.
0: This is coming from a, a OKC fan. Everybody. Yes, just yeah. just to put no, nah, okay. <laughs> um, we're gonna talk about that when we come back. We're gonna take a quick step off here on offsides. We'll uh, get back into the Lakers a little bit. Preview some of the games tonight. Uh, last night was opening night, but really the full slate of games uh, for the NBA kicks off tonight. we we'll get into to uh, Thursday night football tomorrow, talk some baseball as well. Baseball is, uh, man, it's heating up. We got Ooh. the championship series set. Phillies with a big win last night. We'll get into all that and more uh, when we come back here on Offsides. But we do have to take a quick step off and uh, quickly now check the WGLS campus calendar. Rowan University's Department of Public Safety would like to remind everyone in the Rowan community about the importance of pedestrian safety, especially while crossing Route 322. Pedestrians traveling along the Chamberlain Student Center construction site are urged to follow all caution signs and avoid directly walking onto the highway. And motorists who fail to stop for pedestrians face serious fines, so please follow state law and stop. For those said pedestrians. For questions about public safety, call 856 256 4922. This Tampa's calendar is brought to you by Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS FM, your source for Tampus news and information. More offsides when we return. What's your Pop Flavor? Get into Pop Flavor every Monday through Friday from 6 to 8 p.m. Home of the hottest pop hits on the market. From Selena Gomez to Justin Timberlake, Drake, and more. It's a lot of bad things that they wish and wish and wish You know what's good? Stop by
1: for a taste of Pop Flavor. Pop Flavor.
0: Yo, Pop Rocks on Pop Flavor.
1: Monday through Friday from 6 to 8 p.m.
0: On Rowan Radio, 89.7
1: WGLS-FM. Yeah.
0: When someone hears the words, you have cancer, it's one of the darkest moments in their life. Light the Night brings light to the darkness of cancer by uniting survivors, patients, and supporters in the cause to end cancer. We form a community of hope, raising funds in support of the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. The discoveries made by LLS-supported research have led to breakthrough treatments for many cancers and other serious diseases. When we walk, cancer runs. Join the movement to end cancer today. Visit us at lightthenight.org. Back here on Offsides. This is RowanRadio.com channel two. I am your Wednesday host of Offsides, Aaron Hook. Gonna be here every Wednesday, five to six PM. So uh, of course be sure to tune in. I'm joined by the fantastic Jack Miller across from me here in the WGLS production studio. Quickly before we get back to the things, gonna take a look at the WGLS. Community Calendar. The Samaritan Center is a program that helps Glassboro residents with economic difficulties by providing free food once per month. You can give back to your community by donating food, clothes, or just by volunteering your time. Email Foodbank at gmail.com or visit online at glassborofoodbank.org for more info. This Community Calendar is brought to you by Rowan Radio. 89.7 WGLS-FM, your source for community news and information. All right. Going to dive back into the hardwood here and uh, take a look at some of the games on the NBA slate for tonight. Thin's really getting into full swing tonight with uh, every team besides the four that played last night, obviously, uh, taking off their seasons tonight. And there, there are some good games, uh, Jack, on this, on this ledger here. Uh, the one I really want to highlight first uh, is the Suns and Mavs, obviously a re, uh, rematch of... Uh, the Western Conference semifinal series last year where the Mavs, as uh, I believe they were the sixth seed yes, uh, six last years. year, yeah. upset uh, the top seeded Phoenix Suns. They were the number one seed in the NBA overall. They won uh, 64 games last year. They were an incredible regular season team, but they were knocked out of the uh, the postseason by Luka and the Mavs. Uh, you look back to that Dame uh, seven um, which was just incredible to watch. Luca came out of the gates and had like eight points in the first two minutes, and you just knew. And it was a blowout. It wasn't even close to that one. Mavs won that one by like thirty-something points in Game Seven. So it's it's some revenge time here for for Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and the Suns as they uh, they get set to take on the Mavs tonight. Uh, Jack, what what is the outlook this year for for Phoenix? You know they've obviously come up short a couple of times. They get to the finals two years ago uh, and they drop it to Giannis and the butts. And then last year they obviously had the year of disappointment, not even reaching the conference finals after being the best team in the regular season of the entire NBA. So what does this mean for them now? It's it's year three of, of you know Chris Paul and uh, and Devin Booker together. And Chris Paul's not getting any younger. so you'd figure that their window is starting to close a little bit here. So what what are the expectations this year for them? Is it is it really title or bust? Is this gonna really kind of major break the direction of the franchise? I wouldn't be surprised
1: if Phoenix isn't the best team record wise um, in, in the Western Conference or in the entire league. I think Dallas is gonna win this one against Phoenix. I mean Dallas is home now. I mean I mean we also the great game that Luca had against Phoenix was in Phoenix, but I think that Dallas has the upper hand now since they're at home and Lucas is just still improving the one of the best basketball players that we've that we've seen. So, um so yeah, I don't think uh I think the Suns they're in a weird spot where they got they just got manhandled by the Mavericks in game 7 and then now they're try- and then they just lost in preseason to a non-NBA team, the 36ers, <laughs> right? Um, yeah. Like, so I I the Suns are a really weird team in my head and I don't think they're going to go too far, but I think they'll still be able to manage to make the playoffs because, I mean, Chris Paul just is this great leader uh, for any basketball team that can lead any basketball team into the playoffs, so I think that they'll still make the playoffs. I don't think they're going to be the best team uh, record-wise, but um, but they'll still make the playoffs this year. But it's just going to be a weird. Uh, oh, it's going to be weird because they're not going to be super good as we saw them. And they had like that, like nineteen game winning streak last year at the right. beginning of the season. I don't think they'll have that. But um, but we'll see how they do.
0: Yeah. So they uh, they brought back DeAndre in the off after he kind of had some uh, drama going on with um, whether they were going to match the the offer that the Pacers gave him. Um, and the Suns did. So he's going to be making $30 million plus this year. You've got Devin Booker making $33 million. Mikhail Bridges, Philly die $20 million this year. Uh, and then obviously Chris Paul is going to be making some money as well. So they have tied up a lot of dough into this roster, Jack. They are, mm-hmm. It's not exactly a, a cheap group of guys here. So a lot of expectations here for the Suns. And you know, roster wise, in terms of personnel, uh, they they don't really add anyone too significant. Um, they do no. add get a, a few guys who could maybe step in as as you know pieces, rotational pieces, if someone does down. But I think they got a little bit deeper, but they really didn't add any true impact additions. I, f- I feel like the
1: the addition that stands out to me is Bismack Biyombo. I mean. He's been he's been experienced. I mean, they they kept a lot of the same players, uh-huh. so there's not a really a lot of crazy like list this year or different list. Um, but Bismack Biyombo, he's a he's an experienced veteran player, and uh, him being behind Ayton, I think, uh, will be a great, uh, I guess, uh, uh, veteran player to have behind uh-huh. DeAndre, and uh, it was very interesting that we also heard that. DeAndre or yeah DeAndre Ayton was supposed to be going to the Pacers. Yeah. And then immediately they're like no we didn't accept this or whatever and uh now DeAndre is still with the Suns. Um uh-huh. but uh but yeah I think Biyombo is going to be a good like I guess role model for uh, uh-huh. DeAndre Ayton around. Yeah, and they they're both the same kind of player. I mean they're both a, v- a very good defensive um uh, and rebounding kind of centers. Uh-huh. So uh they're they're good uh too to have as your center for the Suns.
0: Yeah, so Again, I think it's almost the same thing with, with Boston where they've got guys who can, who can go for 20-plus. I mean, Cam Johnson uh, is a great kind of four next to Bridges, who's obviously going to bring it defensively, but he's a guy who uh, can score 20 on pretty much any light uh, if he gets going from deep. Obviously, you have Devin Booker and Chris Paul as your 1-2 in the backcourt and then 8 at the 5. But, I mean, you've got guys off the bench uh, like the campaign or a Shamit who can shoot it, and uh, you know they they have Jay Crowder as well. And uh, they've got guys who who can shoot it and defend. Uh, this is a team that's going to be a lot of three and D guys who can do multiple things, guys who can play off the ball. Obviously, you've got Chris Paul and Devin Booker running the show. So it's again, it's a good roster. Obviously, they were the best team in the league, at least regular season wise last season. Um, and so yeah, I, I'd expect probably again fifty plus wins from this team, but all comes down to how they perform in the playoffs, obviously, exactly. because they've gotten close, and then last year they, they took a, a couple steps back, actually. So Yeah, and it just all came down in that last game. I mean, they just got manhandled. Man, there was no energy. And Aiton, no. Aiton just didn't want to check back into the game, if you remember. He was telling Monty Williams, he was like, they were down like twenty something in the second quarter, and he was like, "I'm, yeah. D- I'm done." Yeah, it was, I'm done. it was
1: like fifty. It was like fifty-seven to twenty-seven. Like they scored, they scored like five points in like one quarter. Like, yeah, that, it was bad. Like the, it was if terrible. You, if you last score year. single digits yeah. in a quarter, that's how you know. I'm like, not
0: gonna lie though. I honestly. I, I I loved seeing them get blown out. I don't really have anything against the Suns, but it was just cool to see Luka walk in there and just own that building, man. And oh, the Mavs yeah. just shut them down.
1: And the fact that the Suns were the one seed, too. Right,
0: yeah. I always like rooting for the underdog. Exactly. And so, um, yeah, Luka went in there and dismantled them. The whole Mav- Mavs team last year uh, in that game seven, I mean, they could not miss at one point in that game. So, uh, yeah, hats off to them. We are going to take a look at the Mavs as well because they're – to me um, probably the more interesting team of these two because they got some good pickups. Is it finally kind of time here Jack for the Mavs to take that next step and become a top team in the West? Obviously you have Luka who's going to be in the MVP conversation like he usually is. Um, but yeah I mean you look at what they do um, in the offseason they go out and get Christian Wood um, you know they bring back Hardaway. Uh, it's it's a good group of guys. They've got some dogs on this roster as well. I Davis did. Bertans is here. Um, Bullet, who uh, came over a couple years ago from the Lets, and he can shoot it. They've got shooters on this roster. They've got guys can defend as well. Um, they go out and did Jalen Hardy, uh, a young player who, uh, you know, is probably going to be able to contribute pretty well. And it's not... It's not as expensive of a roster as as Phoenix. I mean, you've got one guy here making thirty plus million, and that's obviously Luca. Spencer Dinwiddie, pretty friendly contract, only twenty million this year. He's a he's a dang good player for twenty million. I think yeah. that's a fair contract for Spencer Dinwiddie. Berton, sixteen million. That's not terrible. Fourteen million for Christian Wood is an awesome deal. I think nineteen though for Tim Hardaway. Well, <laughs> Hardaway's <laughs> always been expensive. I remember the Nets gave him a huge contract too. For some reason, he's always made a lot of money. So hats off to him he's a a good player shout out to his agent (laughs) yeah i mean he's a good player he's a good shooter probably a 16 to 17 point per game guy but yeah close to 20 million i think that's a bit of an overpay for a 30 year old um but it's it's a it's a you know kind of a wallet friendly roster i would say there's no one here making a ton ton of money outside of luca obviously who's your franchise cornerstone so you're gonna pay him um but I think this is a team that could be a top three or four team in in a pretty loaded West, uh, Jack.
1: Yeah, I think it's top three. I mean, the biggest a- uh, acquisition that they had was was Christian Wood, um, right. and I really, what I really like is that Christian Wood is a good offensive player, um, and the fact that he has Javale McGee um, on the bench behind him is great because that makes Christian Wood. I think if with the leadership of Javale McGee, you can get uh, Christian Wood to become a defender as well. So. Uh, with those two, uh, another s- uh, center um, leadership uh, role, as like the, as I was talking about with the Suns, but uh, but Christian Wood, the young player uh, that they acquired this year, they're pretty much the biggest acquisition that they had. With Javale McGee behind him too. I mean, that's that's pretty good. I mean, th- I think that'll make uh, Christian Wood a, be- a better defender down low.
0: Yeah, Christian Wood last year, sixty-eight games for the Rockets, uh, eighteen points and ten rebounds a night. So a good player, 21 points and, and oh, close yeah. to 10 boards uh, the year prior. Obviously broke out uh, a few years ago with the Pistons, um, played in 62 games for them, but really kind of came out of the second half of that year and earned himself that big deal uh, in Houston. And over the last couple of years, he's probably been their best player. So um, interesting to see how he'll fit in here uh, with the Mavs, but Luke has now out that pick-and-roll threat. Christian won a good shooter as well. He could pop out and shoot it. So it'll it'll be interesting uh, to see how he kind of pairs with Luka. I think there'll be a good uh, one-two. Um, and so yeah, Mavs and Suns tonight should be very interesting. That game is going to get going late. I would assume. Yeah, ten o'clock. Yeah, it's out. It's out, it's out in Phoenix on ESPN. Yeah. So all right. Uh, so it's in Dallas. Wait, is it? No, it's in Phoenix. Oh, it is in Phoenix. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I thought it was in Dallas for a moment too, uh, but. How funny would it be if, if the Mavs walked in there and, like, win by 30? Yeah. Again? I mean, yeah, oh, my God. That crowd would just be – it would be silent. In there, yeah, it so. would be silent within when it reaches 20. So, <laughs> All right, so a couple more. Just wanted to go over. Cavs and Raptors tonight, seven thirty. Uh, obviously, we get the debut of Donovan Mitchell as a Cav. Going to be playing next to Darius Garland, who is one of my favorite players in the league. Awesome young player for them. They bring back Evan Mobley, obviously. They don't trade him to Utah somehow in that deal. Yeah. Um, they bring back Isaac DeCoro. Um That Cavs lineup is is one that is going to be feared by a lot of teams around the lead, Yeah, They're going to be competing to be one of the top teams in the Eastern Conference this year.
1: Oh, for sure. But here's the thing. I think I said this. Um, I don't know where I said this, but I said this to someone or on some podcast. But um, I think that the Cavs aren't going to be that good. Um, really? In the beginning. In the beginning. I think that it,
0: it's going to take time. It's
1: going to take time just because they got to get used to Donovan and how he plays um, and whatnot. Um, but that Cavs team was just really solid last year, um, towards especially towards the middle of the regular season. Once the season started coming to a close, they kind of fell off, fell down to the play-in tournament and then lost out in the play-in tournament. So um, I think it's going to take a, a grip to uh, for Donovan Mitchell to – Uh, Just stay comfortable with this Cavs team, and I think it's going to be interesting to see how the whole Cavs organization plays around with him and whatnot. But you have to make sure that Donovan Mitchell is the guy that's leading this team uh, offensively and in that starting rotation, either that or Darius Garland.
0: Yeah, they've got some dogs off the bench, too. I mean, I love Karis LeVert coming off the bench. Ricky Rubio still coming back uh, from that knee injury. But, I mean, you've got still Kevin Love is here, uh, and he's looked awesome as just kind of coming off the bench and shooting threes. That's pretty yes. much what he <laughs> does now. He's basically... A big clay Thompson. He's basically <laughs> just a pick-and-pop threat. They run him off screens, get him open looks. But he's been awesome, actually, as a role player the last couple of years here for the Cavs. He's obviously not where he was um, with those LeBron-led teams where he was kind of the third option, and... Still, you could consider an all-star caliber player at that point, and obviously he's way past his days in Minnesota uh, as a young guy. But he's actually come very nicely into, in, into his role as an older role player, but he's an awesome shooter from deep. Um, now, the thing with this Cavs roster is, once again, like the Suns, it's expensive. It's expensive. Yeah, it's expensive. Jared <laughs> Allen, 20 mil. Karis LeVert, close to 20 million. Kevin Love, close to 30 million. Donovan Mitchell is making 30-plus million. It's it's a lot of money tied up into their into their stars. That's so.
1: crazy. That love is making almost the same amount as Donovan. <laughs>
0: yeah, Kevin Love is still uh, still riding off those those LeBron days yeah, LeBron a little bit. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, I mean it's it's a lot, but you know
1: what? That's I think, cr- that's that makes it even more interesting that Kevin Love's on, uh, still on this team because I thought they would want to have more uh, cap space by getting rid of Kevin Love. Right? I, they bring in a,
0: a good other backup bit man, Robin Lopez on a very cheap deal. Yeah. Uh, Raul Leto is here. He's making $1.8 million. He's a good backup guard. Uh, Chetty Osman, $7 million. So, I mean, I like the Cavs bench. I really do think they're one of the deeper teams in the East. And obviously the top guys that they have, Dar- uh, Darius Darwin and Donovan Mitchell, both are are stars uh, in my eyes. So, led by J.B. Bitterstaff. Uh, this would be a very interesting Cavs team to watch. Um, yeah. And obviously, uh on the other side they are taking down the Raptors tonight up north across the border in Toronto. Uh the Raptors are another interesting team. Um, you know, I, I think when you look at this roster, uh it's obviously you are you're past the days of Lowry and, and DeRozan. but and Kawhi. <laughs> and Kawhi, yes, most recently. Um but it's it's another roster where I really like what they've got going on. Fred Van Vliet, OG Anilomi, Gary Trent. All guys who can go out, get you 20-plus points a night. Otto Porter they bring in uh, over from uh, Golden State. Uh, they've got Thad Young here. They've got Scotty Barnes in year two, uh, who's a really exciting young player. Obviously, they took him uh, in the top ten in the draft, I believe. Uh, if I do to remember what Yeah, they took they- him fourth overall Yeah, um, a couple of years ago. So uh, Then you've got Preston chew, another young guy. Like like the Raptors roster a lot. I think they're going to be a pretty good team. And and most importantly, they've got my boy Ron Harper Jr., <laughs> Rutgers product. Uh, I think he's going to do big things, maybe for the big club, maybe in the G League. Maybe we'll see him this year attack uh, going against the Bluecoats. Yeah, he
1: did really well uh, with Rutgers. I remember, uh, shout out to my friend Matt Wall. But uh, he's, uh, he's in Rutgers right now, and he was always like, oh, my God. Harper Jr. is so good. (laughs) He is. Because he watches every uh, Rutgers basketball game. Ron Harper Jr.,
0: great collegiate player with Rutgers. Uh, One of the best players they've had in a while. Um, So local guy, Jersey guy. He's actually from the town over from me, up in North Jersey. Oh, that's cool. from Franklin Lakes, Obviously his dad played... Uh, in the NBA, won a bunch of raids with Michael Jordan. He so did, yep. Ron Harper Jr., keep an eye on him, everybody. Yeah. Uh, he, he, I think he's a very promising young player. He might, might be- not see him a time this year, but next year for sure. Yeah, he's going to be a sleeper
1: uh, either yep. this year or next year in, a, in fantasy basketball. And they
0: also have Juancho uh, Yeah, Bo Cruz.
1: So
0: yeah. they've, <laughs> they've got him. And they've, they've got a whole cast of characters on this team here. So Raptors, I think, are going to be a, a good team. Tonight, Jack, who do you think takes this one? Cavs or Raptors?
1: I think it's gonna be close, but I don't think the Raptors are gonna survive this one. I think Kaz will win by like six. Yeah,
0: yeah. So, so you think they did a win, and maybe then they kind of slowed down a little bit. You think yeah. you think they just kind of I also put think, it together somehow tonight, and then they they kind of stumble a little bit.
1: I also I don't let's see what their I, for looks me like. for the for the uh, for the Raptors I'm not riding on like their hype train or whatever. I know they're like they got six seed last year, and they pretty much kept all the same players and added some young talent, but I don't. I don't see them, like, as a team to be threatened by, um, like, every game. So I think that the Cavs will uh, squeak away with a win on this
0: one. Yeah, I mean, they went to the Cavs' schedule. They go at Chicago. They host the Wizards and Magic. Then at Boston. Then they host the Nets, Then they host the Celtics. Then they go to Detroit. Then to L.A. and It's a lot of good teams in that mix. Yeah, right? so uh, tough teams to, to battle against for the Cavs. So they've got uh, they've got some Tough teams coming uh, to visit them early a in the year.
1: Sleeper, uh sleeper team to watch out for is the Orleans. Pelicans. Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: That's that's a good one. That's mm-hmm. going to segue perfectly into our final game I wanted to talk Oof. about tonight. Pelicans and the Nets. That's going to be a fun one. It really is. Um,
1: that's gonna. That's got to be my favorite game right now. Yeah. I just, I, not even just because it's Brooklyn, but like that Pelicans that's team That's going be a lot amazing. of fun. Zion's back. That's I mean, going to be in Brooklyn tonight. Yes, Zion is the thing is, is Brooklyn's back. favorite. I don't get that. Like, <laughs> like The Pelicans, I legitimately think, is the biggest sleeper team like in the entire NBA.
0: Pelicans like, last year was an eight seed. Yeah. Pushed the Suns to six games in the first round. We're exactly. looking really good. Uh, Brandon Ingram, I love Mason Brandon Ingram. Oh, yeah. He is awesome. C.J. McCollum is here now, obviously, after the trade. He looked awesome as a Pelican. They went on that run late in the year to sneak into the play-in, earn that eight-seed spot in the play-in, and then push the Suns to six games. And obviously, now you have Zion back. So you look at that starting five, and it it's it's looking better and better every single year. The Pelicans are really building something. You've got McCollum. You've got Ender You've got Zion. You've got um, at the five. And then you've got guys who can mix in there, Larry Lance. You got a young guy, Trey Murphy, Devontae Graham is going to be your starting point guard. Probably he's a nice player that came over from the Hornets a couple years ago. Um, Herb Jones, love me some Herb Jones, also, and Jose Alvarado, of course. Uh, So you know, they go out and draft Dyson Daniels this year. Man, this Pounded's roster is kind
1: of kind of stacked, isn't it? It is. I mean, I I also like that they got um, that they got Sebron uh, in the draft. I mean. He looks, he looks really good looking at what he did in NC State. I mean, he. the thing that I'm looking for from a guard for this Pelicans team is they need someone like – you remember how, like, the Lakers, they really improved once they got Rondo, right? Uh-huh. Um, having a passer like this – for this offense, for, as a point guard, that's what they need. And I mean, uh, for Sebron, he had he went from 19 to 102 assists. That's what I'm mainly looking for: a guy that can pass the ball and just control the passing game, and not be a guy that needs the ball to be he's well. He's a so. big guard too, 6'7". seven. Exactly. So I think that uh, he's gonna fit well if he can just uh, rely if they can if the Pelicans can make him rely on his passing. I think that will be that that Sebron acquisition is, or draft was. Uh, <laughs> Him being drafted was the the guard they needed.
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, the Pelicans are going to be a fun, excited team, um, and obviously they get the Nets tonight, who are a very interesting team. Now, yes. <laughs> again, I'm not even going to say it because it's the obvious team costs a lot of money, a lot of money because yep. not only is Kevin Durant making 44 million dollars, not only is Kyrie Irving, who you know Nets fans are crossing their fingers is actually going to be here for a majority of the year, making 36 million. They now have an old friend, Benjamin Simmons. Benjamin He's made Simmons is making a lot of dollars—thirty-five million for for Betty Boy. Um, 35, Thirty. Oh. Look, I mean, I didn't know that. I'm, at, I'm not gonna lie, I'm, I didn't know that. I'm looking at the salary numbers right now. That's Jack. more than
1: Donovan. That's more than Donovan Mitchell. Come
0: these on. these <laughs> three combined are making, if my math is correct, uh, probably about a hundred and fifteen million dollars. The rest of the roster I don't think is making forty million combined. Um mm-hmm. so I mean it's like these guys are they've got a lot of money tied up in these three guys and then they're hoping Joe Harris can return to form. They're hoping the Royce O'Neal trade works out, they're hoping Nick Clatston can take a step. Seth Curry is obviously a very good player, Patty Mills as well. Uh, pretty cheap deals for both of those two, just eight million. Yeah. Cam Thomas, a young guy. Uh TJ Warren is making just a million. So Martif Morris is here as well. They've got some cheap contracts uh, for guys who can contribute here. That's what they're hoping, obviously. They're hoping that yep. the cheap deals look great and they're hoping that their stars perform. Now, obviously, the X factor to all this is Ben Simmons and where he's going to fit into the offense. For me, I honestly think he's best as kind of just that dunker spot guy, just hanging out, not really getting involved offensively with the ball handling stuff all too much. He can be a guy who just gets easy looked at the rim. Uh, you can run some pick-and-rolls with him if you want. But obviously, defensively, you're going to sit him on, on the opposing team's best player.
1: Yeah, I like the the way you analyzed that. Like, he needs to be, like, a pick-and-roll guy, a guy get easy baskets down low at the rim. But the problem is, is that Ben Simmons likes playing point guard and having control of the basketball. And that's where um, his ego kind of gets in the way of everything, I think honestly ben simmons kind of screws himself over him (laughs) wanting to be a point guard and he has to be a big man in these situations because he can't he can't shoot where he wants to be or like if he tries to get some separation no matter what he has to drive down low because he he can't make a three nor a mid-range shot so um ben simmons just has to kind of let the coaching kind of like let steve nash coach i mean he's not the best of coaches but let steve (laughs) nash coach and uh, make sure that Ben Simmons is is playing the big man, not the point guard for the Nets.
0: Yeah, it, it'll be certainly very, very interesting to see what they do with him. I'm actually very excited to see how they integrate him into the offense. Um, so we're going to see Ben Simmons for the first time in a while. Uh, last time we saw him, he... Uh, was afraid to shoot a layup, so see if he'll uh, see if he's gained some confidence. <laughs> and in, in the that. preseason, he had more fouls than the, points. Uh, so. The Ben Simmons slander, I don't think will ever stop. Nope. Uh, and you know what? Not for me. <laughs> As a North Jersey guy who's come down here into a Philly market, I'm honestly I I I, I can't say I don't enjoy it. Ben Simmons. Seems like a decent guy. You know what? I wish the best for him, but it is kind of funny to see how much the fans just yeah. don't like him. <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean, yeah. It, I think it's hilarious, too, just being oh, an OKC man. fan, just seeing all these guys. And I kind of ride with it. Like, he's just not the greatest player, and I see why they're why they're mad. So, right.
0: All right, well, it's 547. We've been talking NBA all show, and yes. uh, I did promise that we would get to a couple other things. We're going to... Layoff of the Thursday night game for now. It's St. To Cardinals tomorrow. Yeah,
1: we'll let we'll let Danny talk about that. For um, day. <laughs> yes,
0: we're we're gonna have um, an NFL related top five. So we'll get back to football, but we've got to talk about the fight-ins. We're talking the about fight-ins, fight-ins Mister <laughs> Jack Miller. Let's go. The Phillies are out in San Diego right now. I'm about to get you. I'll break it down for a four to two a score update. Okay, it's four to two right now. So, End of the third inning. Padres get two. Um, off of Aaron in the bottom of the second. I'll break down the
1: uh, the scoring for you, play by play, for from Jack Miller uh, right this minute. Go ahead. Uh, so, uh, Go ahead. And the, they, both scorings, uh were in the second inning. So the Phillies scored four in the top of the second, and Padres scored two in the bottom. Um, Bone uh, first Harper singles to center field in the bo- in the top of the second. Castellanos also singles to right field. Harper moves over to second. Bohm singles to right-center, and Harper scores. Bohm is safe at second on a throwing error made by Juan Soto, and Castellanos is safe at third. Segura strikes out, and then Veerling doubles into deep right. Castellanos scores, and Bohm only gets to third. And then Sosa singles to left-center, and then Bohm scores when Veerling moves over to third. It's almost
0: like the same thing with the Cardinals, man. It is. Phillies just string together hits. It is. When they... Got a couple guys on base, and they that lineup hits it in. I mean, they don't stop. They pour it on. Exactly, and
1: then Schwarber tacks it on more, and uh, he grounds out to first. But Veerling was able to score, and Sosa moves over to second, making it four to zero. And then Hoskins flies out to right. Then in the bottom of the second inning. First two batters back to back homers. You got uh, Drury and homers to left and uh, Josh Bell homers to right, and making it four to two. All so. right, so
0: they tad Noah a couple times, but yeah, Phillies still lead four two. And if they win this one, Jack, they've got a two nothing lead man. headed back to CBP, <laughs> man. Whew. How okay? I mean, we're gonna talk a little bit about how the series I think just gonna shake out. I'm gonna say Phillies in six. That's I think, what I'm saying. I'm I saying. Think... I'm saying. You know what? I think they. I think they win today. I think they I think they win game three. I think I think the level of excitement is going to be through the roof. They're up 3-0, one more, and they sweep them and go to the World Series. Then I think the Padres kind of win two just to kind of just, I don't know, make everyone a little nervous. And then I think the Phillies go back out to tally and, and get it done in six. Yeah,
1: what I think is that if, if they win today, then uh, it's going to be in five. Um, But if they lose today, then it's going to be in six. I don't think that the Padres are taking two in at Citizens Bank Park with how electric that place was. I was there for both games. That place was rocking. I was in nosebleed seats, but that might like you could feel the concrete under under your feet shaking. So, um, place was going ballistic every out um, and. I, the Padres are just going to get nervous from it, and the, that's what happened to the Braves. They got swept out in right. at, at a Citizens Bank Park. Braves
0: did not look good in that series. No, Phillies manhandled no. them in that series, man. Yeah,
1: and they it was nine to one in Game One, and then it was eight to three in the in Game Two. Yeah, in, they looked super in Game one, in Game Two at Citizens Bank Park. <laughs> I mean, they've only quick math. I don't know what they scored six, three, one, three. Six, so that's that's nine, thirteen 10, runs. 14, yep. Thirteen runs, and then they sc- and then Phillies were able to score nine runs in one game. So like, the the Phillies th-
0: offense is not the issue. It's, it's no again it, the pitching hold up? And so far, the pitchings it has hold up. they it got has. a shutout against the Padres last night. Yep, with Wheeler with Wheeler
1: uh, throwing seven com- uh, seven innings uh, full and. With only 83 pitches, by the way, which is incredible. Yeah, he probably
0: turned down another one. I think he could. The but they,
1: they used Sir Anthony and Jose Alvarado uh, last night uh, to finish off um, the the Padres in game one. And did you, I don't know if you saw the, the error that happened in the ninth inning. But um, so there's a shift on – I think it was Machado. No, it was – who who's the guy that's batting second? Uh, I forget who it was, but – um, it was on Soto. Uh, Soto um, hits the ball to Boom, and then uh, he kind of over—he kind of throws it too far to Stotts to his left, uh-huh. and uh, apparently, according to Rob Thompson, it was that uh, he thought that uh, the umpire. Uh, was at was at a position. Okay. And oh, it, and he blocked. And then he kind of uh, Bo- blocked. Bone. He kind of blocked Bones' vision from seeing Stott. Uh uh-huh. So he threw it to Segura, who wasn't even close. Right. But then Stott tried to get it. But yeah. But they were able to take it, and uh, hopefully that they can keep tacking on runs yeah. against the Padres. I mean, all, the Padres can get hot. Um. I mean, right. we saw that in the
0: past two series. That lineup so. is loaded, but. Billy's pitching-wise is held up. If they limit the defensive mistakes, Jack, I think I'm with you. I think they've got a good chance to – Get back to the yeah. World Series, which is just Dude, crazy I want, to I, say.
1: I just want another flag at Citizens Bank. Club. Just like,
0: crazy to like, say. I,
1: I was at opening day, and then I was like, I got to go to one of these playoff games because I went to opening day. Like <laughs> so, And crazy, I was able to go man. to both. And,
0: I mean, I just want another
1: – I just want a flag there. So, like, for the rest <laughs> of my life, I was like, I was there yep. for the most of that 2022 season. All so.
0: right, so we're at the top of the fourth now. Phil's out in San Diego. All right, the fight is looking to go up 2-0 before they head back home here to Philly. Uh, now, let's go to your team. On the <laughs> other side, we <laughs> could have a rematch of 2009 if my team can finally could, get past could, those, those stinking Astros, man. Yates <laughs> and Astros in Houston tonight for game one. Uh, honestly, Jack, I'm not feeling too, too confident about the series just because— There was the rain out and the delay, and the Astros have had like four or five days off. They're ready to go. They're well and rested. The Yankees, they partied hard last night after they knocked off the Guardians. Then they hopped on a plane to Houston, and they've got a game in an hour and a half. So they're going to be pretty tired, but Aaron Judge and company uh, finally looked at and made the statement and get past Houston. Now, again, they've struggled in Houston in the past. to score runs, that's my issue. So I think if they can steal one of the first two, I'll feel much better headed back to the Bronx for for three. So. Here's
1: here's what I'm kind of a little confused about for the Houston game. I think you kind of know that the the Yankees are a little bit hungover from last night, <laughs> um, yes. and now they have a flight to go to Houston. Yep. I don't know why they're putting in Verlander. I want. I think they should put in a guy that's not their ace of like someone like Valdez, where. The, it's not your best pitcher because it's not the best Yankees right now because of the alcohol they consumed. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so I think that they should. Uh, I wish they put out. Uh, they put out Valdez and then put in Verlander uh, for Game Two. Right. But uh, but Houston Astros got a different game plan than than I would have done. But uh, but yeah. So uh, I don't think that they're gonna take Game One um, because you guys got. Uh, t- what, I don't know how to pronounce his name. Tyone. Tyone. Yeah. Yep. Um, you got Tyone going against Verlander. I mean, that's not a pitching matchup. I don't think any manager would want. No. Uh, if you're the Yankees, so I think you guys. I hope you. I think I hope you guys uh, squeak out one. Uh, in game two, and then take it back to the Bronx and get two in the Bronx as well. And I think. Uh, uh Hopefully, we can potentially have a rematch of uh
0: 2009. Yeah, so. that'd be really cool. Um. So yeah, Tyone is going to go tonight. He was supposed to start game five originally. Um, but then, with the rain delay, they gave the ball uh, to Lester Cortez, who last night pitched pretty good. I uh, think he went five innings, a uh, couple of runs, or actually, no, not a couple of runs. Gave him up, up a few hits, only two strikeouts, but didn't look terrible. Lester's been so-so in the playoffs. He's been serviceable as a number two. It's fine. How about Um, uh, Glaber
1: with the Rock, the baby? (laughs) Yeah, man.
0: Don Don Naylor's face, he he deserved it. I mean, uh, quite honestly. Yeah, Uh, like... Judging Stan Homer last night, that's always the key to success for the Yankees. Their record is crazy. It's like something crazy when they both Homer in the same game. They're they're like 50 and like 10 or something like that. So, yeah, we'll see. Uh, Yankees and Astros, game one tonight. The Yankees finally uh, slay the dragon here of the Astros, who knocked them out of the playoffs in the playoffs. In just brutal fashion. I remember tw- I was talking about this with Danny yesterday. 2019, game sits in Houston. Yankees are, like... are down in the ninth. DJ LeMahieu hits that home run. I was losing my mind yeah. at about 12.30 in the morning. Yeah. I was screaming, woke my whole family up. Then about five <laughs> minutes later, Jose Altuve, crushed my dreams. It yeah. sent me right to bed. So <laughs> so we'll see how this one shakes out. Yates and Astros tonight. Phillies up one nothing. So... That's October baseball for you. We are we're dead close here, folks. It's yeah. October nineteenth. Championship series are set.
1: I think it's also crazy just going back to the NCS so yes, that. It's two wild card teams. Like, yeah, right. No division winner is in the pl- is in the National League yep. uh, playoffs right Dodgers, now.
0: Dodgers, Mets locked out. Do- uh, Braves knocked Braves, out. Cardinals knocked out. First Cardinals. Like, see ya. So yeah,
1: so, and yeah, and then three all oh, yeah. three hundred win teams in the National League uh, lo- lose out and they're out and yeah. it's now the Phillies and the Padres. Yep. Five. And six on six. the
0: other side, the Yankees and Astros, the two best teams. Yeah. In the, in in the, the AL, AL, so yeah. very different here. Very so, different. We'll see how both series. Uh, out. All right, 5.57, not just a few minutes left. We're going to take a very, very quick step off, and when we come back, we'll have our top five ready for you. Uh, Aaron to Jack Miller with you here on this Wednesday edition of Offsides. Quickly, though, uh got to tell you to wake up with Rowan Radio for the early bird special every weekday starting at 7 a.m. Our host will help you get through your morning with entertaining stories, special giveaways, plus news, weather, and traffic. And of course, the music that matters. Start your day off right with the Early Bird Special every Monday through Friday, 7 to 9 a.m., only on Rowan Radio 89.7. WGLS FM, also online at rowanradio.com. All right, top five. When we come back, don't go anywhere. This is offsides.
1: A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council.
0: Can't get enough of the oldies? Join me, Greg May. And me, Maddie Kay. Every Saturday from 8 p.m. till midnight as we explore the top songs on the Billboard Hot 100 charts of yesteryear. You'll hear everything from the Bee Gees to the King of Rock and Roll, Chairman of the Board, and more. Each week features
1: a special theme hour that'll have you rockin' and rollin' all night long. It's
0: Saturday Night at the Oldies, every Saturday at 8 p.m. Only on Rowan Radio, 89. 9.7 Point seven WGLS FM. Rowan Radio, in the nine point seven WGLS FM. Today is in fact a good day. It's October the 19th, just before six PM here in Glassboro. Yeah, yeah, getting some <laughs> ice cube in there, some west coast <laughs> love. Uh, here on this Wednesday edition of Offsides. Aaron Hook back with you, joined here by Jack Miller of our Rowan Radio Sports Department. And now, Mr. Miller, it is time for our top five. And our top yes. five today is going to be NFL-themed since we didn't get to uh, any football today on the show. Going to do top five NFL coaches that are on the hot seat. Um, obviously, there are some teams around the league who have struggled, and there have been some coaches and talks of, of getting... The boot for a while. Uh, you saw Matt Rule last week get kicked out of Carolina. Finally, after a few yeah, years of finally, <laughs> of kind of, you know, the the Kobe O'Brien's happy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, Pendulum was tipping that way for a while, or sweating that way. I guess I should say for a while, and they finally did it. So now we're going to look at five other coaches who we think uh, are on the hot seat. Jack, go right ahead. I have
1: honestly, I'm going to say a little bit controversial uh, list, <laughs> um, just because it's a lot of well-known coaches. I don't feel like I have to explain who these guys are, Mm -hmm. but, uh, there's no, they're not in any particular order, but, uh, of like who's number one or number five, Mm -hmm. but, uh, Frank Reich, I think he's in a hot seat right now. I mean, he's in, he was the offensive coordinator for the Eagles and he can't produce any offense right now, uh, with the Colts. I mean, they were able to score, uh, I think like 27 or 28 against the, uh, the Mm -hmm. Jaguars, but, but still, uh, like throughout the first few games, they weren't able to produce any offense. So, uh, I have another one, uh, Bill Belichick. I think, I think that I don't
0: even think he can be on the hot seat. I think it's just like he might just like see himself he out. Might, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think that
1: uh, some of these co- uh, there's another coach on here yeah. that might see himself out. So uh, we'll get to, I'll get to him later. But you, Bill t- you Belich- can't fire Bill Belichick. You can't fire Bill Belichick. Honestly, but um, <laughs> but he's not doing well with the with the Pat squad that they have. I mean, honestly, well, I mean, obviously Mac Jones is out, but mm-hmm. still, I mean. I don't. I mean, he, you might give him one more year, but I think he still still got a steam uh, some steam under his seat. So, another one um, that might see himself out is uh, Mike Tomlin. Uh, mm. I think that mm. he, if he does have a below uh, five hundred season, I think he will see himself out. Yeah. I mean, he's Me done. He's done fantastic for the Steelers in the past. Uh, from honestly, uh, like from twenty twenty one to all the way since like the Super Bowl era that he's been in with uh, Ben Roethlisberger and mm-hmm. him. He's done great, and I think he might see himself out uh, if he if they uh, if he can't do anything with uh, Kenny Pickett and Mitch Trubisky did it uh, this year. So another one, John Harbaugh.
0: <laughs> wow, okay. I, I, these are some big names. These are big names. Yeah. I think
1: that, but the problem is, is, that the Ravens aren't making valid plays right. when they have a lead. They yeah, don't. They, they, they don't know how. To, they don't know how to finish. They games. don't know how to finish games. Their defense is terrible, and. I mean, the Ravens just got to keep it together when they have a lead. Like you, you lose to the, you lose to the Giants. Uh, you lose to like all these other teams that they have played against. I forget. I keep. I don't know the other. Oh, the Dolphins. They, they blew a lead to the Bills. Big lead to the Bills and the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got to keep these leads, man. And you, he definitely has. Uh, they, they have a point of, of firing him if they do. Um, and then I think the one that's, in my opinion, uh, the guy that's in the biggest hot seat. Mm-hmm. Cliff Klingsbury. Uh, yeah. Uh, I think that he is a guy that um has the the roster right now. I mean, they do get D Hop tonight, but they're two and four without him. And I think they still have some valid pieces um to the offense and the defense that they still could have gone at least five hundred. And if they continue to like play the way that they have been, I think that Cliff Klingsbury uh, can uh, or Kingsbury can. Uh, mm-hmm.
0: Can uh can be leaving Arizona? So. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> I, I'm gonna have him on my list as well, uh, pretty high up there. Uh, Toblin is a uh, that's a good suggestion. I, I think I'll throw him in as an honorable mention. I think he could he could part ways with them if the Steelers uh, don't get it together. Um, at five, I have Mike McCarthy out in Dallas. I think if it's another disappointing playoff loss, he could be on the way out. Um, I know they've liked him there. I know Jerry Jones likes him, but. In my opinion, you need more of a football coach and not just kind of like a like a cheerleader. Um, <laughs> Mike McCarthy really is like, oh man, he's riding off that Super Bowl so hard, but whatever. Frank Wright did four. Colts have struggled this year. Matt Ryan doesn't look all too great. Had a big day on Sunday, but I think if they don't win the division, uh, expectations are definitely going to be uh, set pretty high. Um, and so Frank Wright, I don't know. He, he could be on the way out of there, although I think he's a pretty solid coach. Just hadn't worked out. Another guy who I think is a good coach, just situation right now is a little bit bleak, Ron Rivera uh, with Washington. I think Yeah, Carson Wentz right. going down. I don't. Here's the thing with that. I don't think it's
1: Ron Rivera's fault. They need a new QB. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I, I know, I know. And sometimes you, coach has to be the sacrifice. He, but here, here's
1: the thing: they he outed Wentz for not performing. well. Yeah, he said uh-huh. like he, they were like, "Why is the NFC East so good and you guys aren't?" He's like,
0: "Quarterback." <laughs> yep. So so relationship probably not all too great there. Number two, I've I've Cliff Tinsbury. Yeah, it's been like this for a couple of years now. Cardinals got you know, all this hype around them, but. They're a little bit soft. I think the Cardinals are a little bit soft. They don't play with they don't have risk in there. They don't play with the toughness that that a Rams team or a a 49ers team does. So, yeah, I I could definitely see Cliff uh, in the old boot after uh, they really believed in him coming from the college ranks, but just hasn't really translated all that great. And number one, it's it's a little bit of a weird one, but I think Zach Taylor. I think his play calling (laughs) is one of the worst in the league. I don't think he utilizes the weapons that he has to their full, full potential. I understand he got them to the Super Bowl last year and it was yeah. a great run. Joe Burrow and company, he had them playing wow. pretty well yeah. in the playoffs, upset the Chiefs and all that. But I don't know. I, I just think if they had a guy like I mean, if you if you gave the Bengals like a like a Shanahan, forget it, dude. Yeah. I mean they're they're winning like 11, 12 games every single year, um at least. And that offense probably went to a lot. Um, more, I guess, well-oiled. I mean, like, the run game is terrible with Mitson. They just... That's crazy. They don't run is. any kind of this, like, outside zone creative stuff. It's just up the middle. A lot of power stuff with Mitson, who's not exactly and a huge guy. guy. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a little weird the play. He's not a guy there. like
1: Zeke or Saquon. Right. Or yeah,
0: like, it's like, I, I don't really get the play card, and, and I don't know. I, I think he's just a little bit too in over his head. So, Bane three 3-3 three right now. If they don't live up to expectations... Uh, to definitely see him on the way out. So, all right, that'll do it for our top five, and that'll do it for this Wednesday edition of Offsides. Again, tune in next week, Wednesday, 5 to 6. Of course, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 5 to 6, you can catch Offsides here on RowanRadio.com. Channel 2, I was joined today by the uh, fabulous Mr. Jack Miller. Thank you. Uh, Thank you for coming on. Of course. Uh, Sure, you're going to go... head back and uh, catch the rest of the Phillies. I'll probably be doing
1: the same. Talk about it on 10th inning
0: tomorrow. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, 10th inning tomorrow, 4 o'clock. Jad's going to be hosting it with uh, Caraduno, uh, another awesome member of our sports department, so be sure to tune into that. And have a great rest of your day, everybody. This has been Offsides. You've been listening to Offsides, a weekly roundtable discussion about the world of professional sports featuring the diverse perspectives of the Rowan Radio Sports Department. Tune in next Monday, Wednesday and Friday from 5 6 p.m. for another edition of Offsides, only on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM.